Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited today to be here with 2016 graduate of our program, Nicolette Kukas. Hi, Nicolette. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of this podcast and be reconnecting with you a bit more besides for the EIM auction and dinner here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I love that you have stayed connected through the EIM auction and dinner and um, really appreciate that. You know, those students who 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 worked it and and were a part of the committee and and stay involved. I mean, it's so great. And for our listeners out there, that's a that's a that's a great advice. Like, how do I stay connected to the major? Come to the auction and dinner every year. You know, you don't have to buy anything or anything like that. Just being there and showing up is is um is great. And it's really awesome to to reconnect along those lines. Um, so Nicolette, um, like I said, is a 2016 graduate of our program. She is currently a senior conference planner at Gartner. And um, so we're gonna we're gonna eventually get to her current uh, position with Gardner and hear all about what she's doing there. But uh, but I want to go back in time and, and let our listeners connect with you a little bit more, Nicolette, and hear about where you're from and all of that jazz. So where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in the Bay Area in California. So my parents were born and raised in San Francisco, and then they settled down in San Mateo, which is about 20 minutes south of the SFO airport. If you're familiar with the area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. So cool. I actually grew up in San Mateo, but down the peninsula more is where I went to high school in Mountain View, which a lot of people think it's quite crazy that I drove that far. It's about it was about 45 minutes to high school. Right. Um, but I kind of love it. It made driving no big deal to me. Um, and then sure. San Francisco from San Mateo also could be almost 45 minutes depending on traffic. So right. it's been nice to just kind of grow up in the Bay Area and have all these different resources at my fingertips. Um, yeah. When I was younger, though, it the Bay Area was very different. Yeah, very, very different. I'm sure I, I love I love that when I was younger. I love you. This uh, That's so great. Oh, you know, no, I, but I'm that much. <laughs> I know. I know you're so young. But I mean, I, but <laughs> I, I get that. Um, I've had that a number of times from from recent graduates saying that. And I'm like, you know, it is amazing how fast places change. And, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, because uh, the these big metropolitan areas are, are growing so fast. And, and I mean, I'm sure you, you've so, seen in your lifetime, seen a ton of change with San Mateo. And, um, and, uh, and, and that, that's why, what did your parents do when you were growing up? So my parents both worked growing up. Um, When they were younger, they both started out their careers at IBM. Mm -hmm. And it was back when companies really invested in you and really grew your career, Mm -hmm. like reinforced things, made sure you were rewarded, wanted to like make sure you had the development. So they had a very long career at IBM. Right. And, and then later know, on, you know my connection with um, Raleigh Durham, the, the research triangle, you know, IBM is huge there. So I have yeah. one of my one of my uh, best friends. His, his dad is a longtime IBM employee and he followed his dad into IBM and he uh-huh. got me into the IBM poker group. I, I, uh, there you so go. I, I've, known, I've known a lot of IBMers over the years. Big, big blue, right? 
Yep, that's yep. right. Yep. So my parents always talk very highly about like different companies investing in you and not yep. just being a number, but really like having it be a two-way relationship in your career. Um, so I've had a lot of great advice throughout my years um, with them. So after that, my dad ended up going to corporate risk at Visa. And then my mom wanted to do a contracting role. Of, she only wanted part-time. Then when she ended up having me, she was like, no, I'm done. I can't do anymore. I have two kids. Uh-huh. And they really valued her, kept begging for her to be like, okay, well, what about on these different parameters? Like, then would you do it? Like they kept upping the ante and she actually quit three different times and they kept <laughs> reinforcing of like, well, what if we pay you more? What if we are more flexible with your hours? Right. Um, so she actually kept working through when I was born and she'd work when we napped or late when we went to bed right. um, because they really made it work for her. That's awesome. That speaks to yeah. what a talented mom you have. I love that. Oh, that really, so that's sweet. really awesome that that yeah. um, that they were so flexible along those lines. So, so what what were you like, Nicolette, growing up? Were you in the arts, drama, sports? What was what was your yeah. jam? So, with my dad's job, he used to travel internationally a lot. So oh, we nice. had the opportunity as a family to sometimes travel with him. Uh-huh. So I've always loved traveling. I've loved the outdoors. Um, it's funny. My parents have reminded me again about my creative side. They have a picture framed from kindergarten of I painted a cat. And I don't think it's that anything fancy, but they said they were blown away that a kindergartner could like make an actual cat look like a cat. So right. They still have it framed near my mom's office, which uh, is a crack up. I love um, that. But I've always really had a strong creative side. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that I really enjoy about events world mm-hmm. is kind of using my creative abilities to apply it to an event conference, gathering, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I've just always really enjoyed people and love getting people together as well, which mm-hmm. translates into our industry too. I love that, of course. So, so that kind of feeds right into this next question. You know, I, I've been asking uh, recent podcast guests uh, for for Halloween. What what did you dress up as? What what was your? Uh, did you did you have a dream job that you, that you remember uh, dressing up as for Halloween or anything like that? Funny enough, I couldn't really recall anything, and I cross checked with my parents. And oh yeah, I was like, no. I always wanted thought I wanted to be a teacher. At uh, least when I was like a bit older, because I love right. kids. Right. Um, which I did contemplate over of like, should I pursue that in college or not? And mm-hmm. then I ended up finding the IM major that really blew me away. Yeah. So that got put on the side. Right on. Of course. That's awesome. Well, well, let's talk about that transition. Well, actually, I forgot to ask you, any uh, siblings or are you... I do. I have one older sister. She's three years older. Yeah. And then she and her husband live in San Francisco as well. Um, but she met my brother-in-law her first year at Cal Poly. Oh, right. So on. he's been around for 12 years. So it's like I've had a brother as well. Oh, <laughs> um, right. On. That's it's awesome. been such, such a close knit relationship for them. So they've been married for about three years and now have a 10 month old baby. Oh, that's awesome. So I have my first nephew there. Ash. And- so they both studied business at Cal Poly uh-huh. and my sister studied marketing and she works in marketing. 
she worked for Macy's.com right out of school in affiliate marketing. Uh-huh. So anyone who had the Macy's products that Macy's then presented, it was she took care of all of the partners uh-huh. that worked within the department with her. And I'm sure I'm not giving that the best <laughs> um, explanation. No. You know, whenever you, you, your siblings, you're like, well, I know like a gist of what they did. And then my brother-in-law's a financial advisor. Right, right. Well, I, you know, I just love that because I, I, I talked to so many, um, so many alums, uh, you know, obviously through the podcast and so many, there's a, there's a family connection with Cal Poly, whether it was mom, dad, mm-hmm. sister, brother, aunt, uncle, there's, there's somebody in there, it seems like. And, um, and that, that's, that's so cool. It just, it feels, I, I we, you know, we've always said that, that the major, the department, we try to make it feel like a family, right? And and mm-hmm. so um, so it's always cool to hear the the family connections and um and, and I love that. So so now you had a sister um who was who came into Cal Poly as a business uh student, right? And you had parents who were in the corporate world and in big tech. Mm-hmm. Um, um I'm curious uh whether whether you had to do any selling when you started talking about recreation parks and tourism administration, because that's obviously what we were yeah. named when you started, um, we, we ended up transitioning to experience industry management, obviously, by the time you graduated. But um, what, uh, what was that a sell? Was that a sales job on your part or, or, or not? Were they supported from the from the jump? So interesting enough, uh, my parents, I was fortunate enough that they were very involved in my sister and my schooling process of really hands on of kind of where do you see yourself going? And so when I was looking into applying for schools, I vividly remember the student counselor saying like, oh, you can't get into any of your top schools because you don't have a 4.0, perfect 4.0, or you don't have APs, or you don't have this. Like you hear it time and time again. And I can't even imagine for high school students now of how competitive it must be. But at the end of the day, like what you want is what you need to go after. So what my mom and I did since my sister is very mathematical, had amazing test scores. Like I'm kind of in the different category. I'm very creative. Like I worked really hard and went to office hours and studied and studied and studied to get the grades I got. Like I worked probably five times as hard as all the other students to get the same results. Mm -hmm. Um, Just learning like what I needed to do to make things sink in. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, I actually, when ACT and SAT testing began, I was testing as an F student, even though I was an AB student. Oh. So I went through some different testing and I ended up having like a slight processing problem and wow. slight dyslexia. So it, I was deemed to get extra time on the standardized testing, right? Okay. which then like helped my chances to get into other schools. But also I sat down with my mom and looked over all of the majors at Cal Poly mm-hmm. and in what area was I interested in and what college do we think I had have like a chance to get into that's not impacted. And right. you know that EIM is a very specialized major. That's amazing that Cal Poly has it and that's you have to declare in advance. So it was looking at all the schools, sitting down, what areas do I think I can get into, what interests me. And when I started reading over the course load of the EIM major, I was like, wow, this really interests me. Like, this is something I would definitely want to do. Like, I would want to sit in all those classes based on the titles. 
Right. So it just kind of became like a no brainer of, yeah, that's what I would really like to do. I and it wasn't that. even like there was any competing concentrations. Of course, like businesses, like kind of the general umbrella that a lot right. of people do. So they have options. Um, mm-hmm. But then our major, that's what's so great about it. You can right. take supportive electives in the different focus areas that you have a draw to. Yeah. I love it. And I love that. I love that your, um, that your mom sat down with you and, and was involved in the process and, and, um, and supportive along those lines. That's really cool. So, so let's, um, let's talk a little bit about your time at Cal Poly, obviously, uh, you know, I'm sure you could talk for days about the experiences mm. that you that you had here, but I, our current students in particular like to hear about um, special things that you did that you feel like really enhanced your professional development and really mm-hmm. enhanced that confidence moving out of um, of college and getting into the professional world. Was there was there something that you did that stood out that that you would recommend to others? Yeah, so I got very involved at Cal Poly. I am a big advocate for office hours to really getting those extra time for relationships building uh, with different professors, with different students, even in minor classes. It didn't matter if it wasn't just my concentration classes. Um, So that was something that was big for me of building those relationships I also, with the thousand hours of experience before graduation, just getting involved in anything that you could to see if something sparked your interest and if it was something you wanted to pursue even more. So from my first year, I interviewed with someone who owned an event planning company. And long story short, I was so nervous walking into that interview of the first like real interview where it wasn't someone knew someone where they told you about a position. Um, And fast forward, I worked for her all four years and ended up becoming close friends with her and her family and her three kids even call me auntie. So it's been really amazing to just dip your feet in the water for all different areas. I worked at a winery throughout college, doing some of their events, as well as pouring if they needed extra help, Mm -hmm. Um, doing catering on the side whenever they needed extra help, mostly for different events to get the event experience, but also if they needed an extra hand, happy to help out too. Uh, Doing different networking events um, uh, in the sports industry as well. I actually went to a golf tournament that turned into me sitting at the same table as someone Um, from a sports drink industry that asked me if I wanted a job. We literally got the job at the table and had to come in for like the formality of an interview and got the job right after that. Right. Yeah. And so that was with, um, Mm -hmm. that was with body armor, right? The sport, the the super drink or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, those networking opportunities are just so amazing. I, I say that to students. And I think, you know, I think sometimes students hear it and like, yeah, yeah, of course, sound like my parents. My parents always say networking. <laughs> well, you know, it really is true. You just never know. And so don't be scared to talk about what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of people out there um, don't even know that we exist, right? Don't even know yeah. that 
that there is a special events world or that there is a sport management. I mean, I'm amazed, Nicolette, today to this day, you know, 20, 20 some years into teaching sport management. I have yet to have someone when I say I'm a sport management professor, I have yet to have someone say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. And then they walk yeah. through it, right? They almost always either A, say, what is that? Or B, mm-hmm. oh, like you mean like sport agents? And I'm like, no, not like yeah. sport agents at all. Like someone has to manage sporting environments. <laughs> yeah. Just like someone has to put on special events, right? You know, and uh, but uh, so talking about what you're doing is is so and I know you've never had problems talking with people. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're you're gregarious and uh and and comfortable talking and have a great personality. But but it's I think it's so important. Like when I look through when I look through the opportunities that you've had, you've done such amazing stuff with volunteerism and, and that sort of thing. So uh, what other advice would you give along those lines for, for networking? Yeah. Uh, the first thing that popped in my head was about you hear networking time and time again. Again, I mentioned my parents were very involved. My dad made us sit down and make a LinkedIn even before we had pretty much any work experience and before oh. LinkedIn was really a thing. Oh, really? Like, but why? That's like, awesome. Just, you don't quite understand, but you got to remember your parents have the best interest. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot from my dad in the business world of kind of my communication style, different word choices, how to be clear and concise, um, just different stylistic ways of kind of your own personal brand and everything. Um, but the networking really, like I got laid off during the pandemic, had a moment where I thought I would never be able to come back into the industry. And it's yeah. quite a very daunting experience of something you absolutely love and enjoy. And in no means is your career all about who you are, but it's a big pillar in your like happiness and your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really thinking of that, of there was so... I spent a lot of my career at Oracle and I realized there are a ton of people that I never added on LinkedIn and trying to play catch up really is not fun. Like the moment you meet someone, even if a guest speaker comes in to meet you, you listen to this podcast, you meet someone at a coffee shop, add them on LinkedIn right then and there. Yeah, Like the, how I got my job after the pandemic was chatting with people at a conference where Oracle sponsored a Gartner conference. Mm. And I had met a few people on the show floor at the conference mm. and I had chatted. I, I, before I left for the airport, kindly interrupted who I had met saying, Hey, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to say it was really wonderful to meet you. Would love to finish our conversation on another time frame, And we added each other on LinkedIn. That same guy was the person who referred me for my position at Gartner. And like, you can hear sometimes it's like, you could look at it in the wrong way of meeting people just to see like what you can get out of them or meeting people to make genuine connections and honestly, friendships as well. A lot of the people that I've met along the way are people that I talk to all the time. I work in international conferences and events. Anytime I travel to a different state, different country, I reach out to someone, even if it's been five years. Yeah. And the best story that I've had recently is, going to an event in Australia, reaching out to someone I studied abroad. We met them at Oktoberfest in Germany, sat at their table, had not spoken to them in years. 
And I was like, oh, I wonder if they still follow us. Just said like, hey, it's a long shot. I'm coming to Australia. Any chance you could spare some time for some recommendations? And he went above and beyond, invited us to dinner with him, his roommates and their friends. Ended up hitting it off with one of his friend's sisters. She showed me around the rest of the weekend. Like you never know what putting yourself out there is going to bring you. That's right. That's so awesome. And I, I love, I love what you said too about those genuine connections. You know, I think some student, uh, I think some students or, or younger professionals have a tendency to, um, to, to maybe uh, approach it in sort of an awkward way. You know, like, yeah. like, you know, I think about like development, right? When, when we're doing fundraising and development, right? It's all about mm-hmm. managing relationships and building relationships with people. And, and, um, and people say, well, I don't want to ask for money. Like, no, 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 mm-hmm. you're, you're never going, you're not going to ask for money. You're building relationships. They know if you're a development person, yeah. right? They know eventually that you would like some money, right? But you're not going to ask them for money. And it's the same in this networking business, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, you don't, well, well, do you have a job for me? Like, no, don't, don't yeah. approach <laughs> it that way, right? Uh, approach it by trying to genuinely get information and, and knowledge from them that can help you. And then if you click yeah. with them, they're more likely to then help you whether they have a job or not, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, great. And that's the thing too about LinkedIn is job hunting in a pandemic world where an industry has been hit the hardest. It was putting yourself out there unapologetically. Mm -hmm. I went on different companies' websites, looked to see who I knew who worked there to say like, hey, Jessica, could you introduce me to John over there? He works at this company I'm really fascinated in. And could Mm -hmm. you introduce us in a group message? Because if that person then gets taken out, they lose the like accountability to actually respond because they don't know you. Right. At the end of the day, when someone doesn't respond, they're busy. They're putting energy into people they do know. Not that people don't want to help, but just never yeah. feel bad to follow up either. Exactly. Because people's days get crazy professionally and personally. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if they haven't met you yet, it just doesn't mean they don't want to. It just means right. that they might have gotten caught up. Exactly. Yeah. I, I had one of my good, one of my good friends was working for Nike, uh, back like 10 years ago. And he, he told me like once he was like, yeah, if people don't follow up with me two times, I don't respond <laughs> to them. And I'm like, really? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just can't, I don't have time. And I was like, I, I mm-hmm. they have to, it has to be, if I get like the, if I get the third follow-up, I then know that they really need me. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'm your friend. I don't need to follow up three times. You respond to me, respond <laughs> exactly. to me right away. <laughs> That's the thing too. It's like when it like never hurts to ask. Someone can say right. no. Someone can say they don't have time or right. say, actually, like I have someone else to introduce you to. I'm not the right person. Right. Um, right. But if you never ask, you never know. That's right. And, and, you know, I, I think we're, I think we all have a level of fear of rejection in us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but others, I think are a little more thick skinned. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm totally thin skinned. I, I admit that mm-hmm. I am like, if somebody doesn't respond to me, I have a tendency to take it personally. Um, or mm-hmm. I used to, I'm getting, I'm obviously, yes, yes. I'm obviously a little more savvy now, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I think it's important for people to hear that, right. That fear of rejection yeah. is a real thing. 
Um, but uh, you, you have to recognize to not take it personally. And, um, mm-hmm. and um, that's hard. That's so hard. And, uh, you know, as you were talking, Nicolette, and you said that, um, you know, I know my parents have my best interests at heart and my dad has taught me so much. I'm wondering if maybe you can talk to my 13 year old. Yeah, I would love to, honestly. Sure. I always loved mentoring in college. And even funny enough, the more I offered, it was very far and few people who actually took me up on it. Yeah. Of like, hey, look, I actually love editing resumes. If you want me to take a look, let me know. Yeah. Most people just didn't have didn't. the like guts to be like, actually, yeah, can you? Yeah. Um, right. But that's like, you never have to take it personally. It's just right. each person is in a different place in their life. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about that, uh, Brene Brown has a really amazing book about yeah. living a wholehearted life. Mm. And the two things that keep you from that is shame and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a super fascinating book mm-hmm. um, that kind of goes into like another piece of advice is continue your self-development. The more you know about yourself, the better you can yeah. show up for other people and work to your advantages. Like there's so much out there on personality types and different ways, like even LinkedIn learning or reading a different book or mm-hmm. asking someone's advice, like just because you might have an idea of what something should be, doesn't mean it might be the best way right. and you could show up even better. Um, Cause even looping back to like a lot of people don't know that you can concentrate in event planning and management or sports marketing, what have you, like you really have to be your own advocate. Yeah. I remember on my cover letter, I listed out some key courses that I had taken. And the titles speak for themselves of what my areas of studies have entailed and how I can be of value. Um, A lot of people end up in events related roles that are a bit older that just learn by doing and Mm -hmm. they got taught and they're not really sure. Like, why are you any different? Like, what, what do you mean? That was what kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I love it. Great advice. So, so let's talk a little bit uh, about your Oracle years, right? And so, obviously, yeah, I, yeah obviously, Oracle's a a big uh, corporate entity, and so um, mm-hmm. I bet you were feeling right at home with mom and dad as IBM, right? Oracle's a, a big company. So, um, let's talk about uh, that that process um, of. Uh, of getting to that point. Now, I, obviously, mm-hmm. I know that you had an internship in there in between, right? Like, um, yeah. And so our, our students always, our, our current students always love to hear about that internship and, and how you got it. Um, but I'm a, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Did, did you do your, your internship with, with Danae? I did not. So okay. because I picked up the integrated marketing communications minor towards Uh the end of my college years. It had not yet been approved. It got approved my second quarter of my senior year. Um, So I was already tracking to take the courses anyway, because they counted counted as supportive electives. And in my mind, if I never got the the minor, no problem. I still have the skill set. I don't quite need the formality of having it on my transcript, you know? Right. Um, So because of that, I picked up a few extra classes. Um, so normally the internship hits before you actually graduate. So mine actually hit at the end of all of my courses being complete. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the little swindle of having my internship count as my full-time position. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, which, and, that's, and that's actually not a, a swindle at all like that. <laughs> um, I, I know it's, it seems like one, but it, it, we, um, 
we've always because approved. I do really see the value of yeah. doing it your last yeah. quarter. Yeah, you know. And yeah, 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 for sure. It, it's just that we um, we've always allowed full time jobs to serve as mm-hmm. internships. So that's great. So so Oracle actually counted for you mm-hmm. as a as a jump start. I love that. That's a great. You know, because our, our philosophy has always been like. Well, hey, the internship should be a jump start into your career, and the idea is that it mirrors a forty-hour work week, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so if you get a full-time job and that's it, like we can count it as um. So that's great. Oh, yeah, it does seem like a cheat code, though, right? It does. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that you said that. Um, so so um, so let's and talking about Oracle. Did you go through like a big um, for lack of a better word, big big cattle call? Like was it was it a really like a lot of folks and you were that you were up against in terms of. Um, the job or how? Yeah, I can walk you through that. Um, So just to bounce back of some of the other internships working for Danae Grace Events, a body armor sports drink. um, Mm -hmm. A lot of those just didn't have full-time positions. I absolutely loved my managers, loved their companies. And it all kind of comes down to smaller companies usually just don't have headcount. Right. My manager at Body Armor was like, I know that it's not great pay. And I almost took the position of his, like right under him. And then globally, they took it away right before. Um, And, but that being said, like, I am still very close friends with both of my managers. I went to my Body Armor's manager's engagement party and I go to Danae. And maths like baby showers and and right. with their kids all the time like I love it just because it doesn't have a long future for you within a company doesn't mean like that experience isn't amazing or those connections won't last you know yeah that's great advice um, but bouncing to Oracle again um, my parents had always said like large corporations are important to them for starting out because of the learning and processes and fundamentals that large companies have. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, there is the draw to startup world, but try to get some groundwork first and then be able to take that and apply it to startup world. So that mm-hmm. was kind of the approach that I took if I was really trying hard to get into corporate event planning within a larger company. Um, which that is easier said than done a lot of the times. Right. Um, right. There's not many entry-level positions at companies, depending, again, on headcount. That's why you really have to lean on networking. Sometimes people get jobs when there isn't even a headcount, but they really like you, so they're going to make a position for you. Or you met someone in three months, they said, actually, we are hiring now. Pass over your resume. Right. Um, And that's just kind of our, our industry and creative industries in general. Yeah. is it's a lot of word of mouth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I got referred for actually a marketing internship at Oracle, mm-hmm. which I did not qualify because I was not in quotes, a continuing student. I had no more courses left. Mm-hmm. Even though we had an internship that counted for credit, mm. they weren't going to let me count because uh, wow. I wasn't going back to school. Wow. Um, so I was kind of really discouraged in that screening interview being like, why did this lady talk to me? Like, right. But, why would I have this interview anyway? Just right. tell me no, I don't qualify. And she then at the end said, but there is a full-time position for a marketing specialist role that I think you're, you'd be a really great fit for. Right. And that position was barely marketed for, only had three openings 
where you would think like a marketing specialist team would be a larger team. It was a total of five people and two were already hired. (laughs) So I got my foot in the door of talking to the right HR woman who then Um, set me up for the screenings for the full-time position. I love it. And within the marketing umbrella at Oracle, really isn't that many teams. You would think like a large company like Oracle would have a mega team, really, really small based right. at headquarters. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you um, know, um, I, I, I do know that a little bit from um, from our, our, our very first podcast with, with I, I don't know if you listened to it or not, but it, it's with uh, Haley Balwashi. And, and she mm-hmm. said the same thing at, at Uber. She was working at the corporate headquarters and she was like, yeah. there needs to be an event team. There's no event team. And, and so she she talked to her boss and he was like, well, I ran it by the C-suite and they said, all right, sure. write a write a job description and we'll create one. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're right. That's we need a one. Thing. <laughs> like you need to be your own advocate, but also for like our areas of focus too, of like why they are so important and why a general yeah. person in marketing that might only be analytics might not think in the same way or think yeah. of all the details or mm-hmm. milestones that are important. Um, it's about like not only educating yourself, but educating others in the whole learning process within companies too. Exactly. And, you know, I think about Nicolette, I think about, you know, when we were first launching experience industry management, I, mm-hmm. I, I did a talk to the um, to the Student Marketing Association here at Cal Poly, and they had never heard the term experiential marketing, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's important to realize that what you just said, like a marketing person might only know analytics or they might only know yeah. product marketing. And then you would roll in and you're like, hey, what about experiential marketing? Like, what mm-hmm. is that? They don't even know what it is. Right. And so, yeah. So after a short period of time, you transitioned over to event marketing. So mm-hmm. um, tell us, I, I bet, was that was that team small? Was it growing? Like, what was it? What was the whole process like um, in terms of? Um, what you were doing on a daily basis and that sort of thing. Yeah. So the big umbrella umbrella of marketing when I was there at Oracle was kind of broken into two different branches of corporate marketing and global corporate events marketing. So two different pillars. And it was really great to get my foot in the door and really see the other side of marketing before I switched over into the event side to really apply all my learnings from marketing over to make sure we're aligning on the event side. Um, My specific team was almost like a reverse rotational program. So it was like we were an agency within Oracle marketing for all the marketing teams under the large umbrella to come with us, come to us for different projects and initiatives. And the thought was like, we would give fresh ideas to those different teams. Right. Um, so I was fortunate that I had really great managers who really advocated for us. My whole team of five came from very different backgrounds, all different majors, different thinking styles, so that in his mind, our little agency could provide great value to everyone. Right. Um, so one of my favorite things about it was my director was really hard on us. And you could be very scared coming straight out of college, having a director be sitting in a large conference room being like, so what do you guys think? When he gave no warning or no prep time or no thinking, like he wanted to bring us into the real world right off the bat and like teach us like all the implications of what being in corporate means and kind of like what everyone else's expectations of us were. Right. Um, 
And if you don't, like, I think coming from college, you're so excited, you want to get involved, yet then you get in an environment where you're like, oh, well, I don't want to seem uneducated or ask a silly question or this or that. But when you're forced into it, uh, you have to think on your feet. That's what being an adult means. Yeah. Um, and you have to speak up for yourself and you need to help like drive the direction you want your career to go. Yeah. Like because I spoke up of what I was passionate about, I ended up revamping the entire marketing internship program at Oracle, where we were just asked to help not revamp the whole program, but I saw different areas that could have huge improvement and really make a difference for students coming to do internships with us. Um, So I actually got to pitch the whole idea to my manager, then then to my director. And then ideally the CMO took like all of the credit for what our team worked on, which rightfully so because it's CMO's internship. Um, But you never know what speaking up and kind of giving your thoughts, obviously in the right outlets through the right hierarchy, what have you, like follow the process that's needed. But unless you speak up, things won't change. And sometimes people say no, and that's okay too. Right. But at least you put your thoughts out there. Yeah. I love it. Um, Such great great advice. Getting to your point of like switching over, it was only a year program and it was dependent on like what position was open. And it was just very fortunate that one position was open Mm -hmm. on the events team. And my manager at the time was like, are you sure that's the role that you want? Like you might not be able to like get as involved as you may think, depending what have you. And I was like, you know what? No, I need to take the risk, take the jump. Um, Cause it was either stay on and become a manager type role for the team I was on before right. or try to get into the events and like more events, heavy industry right. within Oracle. Um, so I moved into executive events and influencer events at Oracle, very small niche team mm-hmm. um, where a lot of the engagements that we did revolved around the top executives at Oracle. Right. Um, so that being said, it's again, you have to be your own advocate. You have to ask how to get more involved. Like uh-huh. larger companies sometimes will just stick to their silos or stick to what they know. Uh-huh. Um, and it's about like, correctly and thoughtfully pitching like, well, why do we do things this way and questioning things and asking about getting your hands on more things. Right, right, right. Well, you, you, you mentioned it earlier, obviously, um, a global pandemic hit and, um, Mm -hmm. the events, the events industry obviously was, was impacted, um, perhaps more so than, than any other industry. Um, mm-hmm. now, obviously a, a lot of, um, I, I was, I, I was somewhat, um, uh, it, the, I guess, I guess some companies were able to mitigate it better than others. You know, the, the, the mm-hmm. whole term pivot, I think, uh, be, yeah. Got in, yeah, became, you know, came flashing into our world, right. Where, yeah. where so many people pivoted to, virtual or hybrid um, events and experiences in the digital space. But, um, but obviously, um, as you mentioned, um, yours uh, didn't fully, didn't fully pivot. I don't guess. Um, And, and, um, and so you you lost your job in the pandemic, but, um, but landed on your feet with, with Gartner. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so let, let's uh, let's stay positive and 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 move right on over into Gartner and and what you're doing now as a uh, yeah. senior senior conference planner at Gartner. Um, what are the differences between what you were doing and and what you're doing what what you were doing at Oracle and what you're doing yeah. now? with Gartner and um, what are the highlights? Just tell us the highlights. I don't yeah. think most people, I know I don't fully know what Gartner does. I mean, I did a little yeah. bit of research, but um, tell our listeners what Gartner does and what you're doing as a senior conference planner. So you may have paused again. Oh, you're back. Perfect. We're back. Um, so how I ended up at Gartner, I had mentioned that networking experience where I had had the same gentleman that I had met at a conference reach out reach out to me after a lot of people had done layoffs saying, we're rehiring again during the pandemic. Would you still be interested in a career at Gartner? Because um, I had mentioned before, the first time I stepped foot at a Gartner conference, I was blown away. Um, I just really felt like when you say you're an events person and you have an events mindset, I was like, Oh, they get me. Like they have like the exceptional thinking around everything. And just that customer service that blows you away. Um, so my experience with Gartner was from Oracle sponsoring one of their conferences. So we wow. were called what's an, what's called an exhibitor at Gartner. Mm-hmm. So from my exhibitor side, the position I actually applied for was on the Gartner side of taking care of all the exhibitors. Mm. So my team specifically is exhibitor operations. Mm -hmm. Um, So that team in itself kind of branches into two different areas for the different sponsors of exhibitor operations, which is like the events operations side of things, and then client services, which are the individuals who actually speak to the clients and work directly with our internal sales. Um, So we do all of the logistics side of taking care of those sponsors. So I actually came from the sponsoring side um, and have an idea in my job now of what they go through and everything that I do for them and how it impacts them. Got it. Um, So uh, did you want to hear like day to day, like what, what would you want to hear? Yeah, yeah. So, or I so, guess so. I under so I understand more now about about Gardner. So, so explain. Yeah, explain what your day to day is like. Um, you know, when you when you think conference, uh, you think conference. It seems like you'd be jumping from site to site to site to site. Um, is, is that true? Are you doing a lot of traveling? How's that? How's that working now in the um? Yeah. Sort of uh, semi post pandemic world that we live. <laughs> yeah, um, I will jump back. You said you don't know much about Gartner. The best way to kind of just very high level explain is Gartner writes fancy reports about tech companies products. Ah. So if you've ever heard of a Gartner magic quadrant, if you've ever seen at the end of the zoom meeting, sometimes there's a little graph with all the dots. And like some people are like, oh, right, I have seen that graph before. Uh Um, If you're not in like the B2B space, um, you would maybe have seen that. It's unbiasedly rating companies where they stand in the industry. Uh Um, So that's the big differentiator of Gartner is the unbiasedness Uh of allowing companies to get reassessed each year or what have you when their evaluation process comes to, um, to see where a company sits. and 
the three like kind of like big areas of Gartner is the analysts. So the people who write the fancy reports themselves, um, the conferences team is another area. So as mentioned, like that's obviously the team that I sit on mm -hmm. um, and then the subscription base. So all of the data and information that we have mm -hmm. is another area of the business. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So with the conference team, we are a global conference department. So there are conferences all over the world. And in normal world, uh, we have kind of our regional teams of Inamia, in APAC and JPAC and in North America, mm -hmm. as well as like certain teams that cover more of the rest of the world. Right. Um, right now during the pandemic, we have transferred to virtual conferences. The one thing that really led me to Gartner was their, their strong belief in the importance of in-person conferences of mm -hmm. all of those interactions that you have that you really just can't replace for in-person. Um, and another thing is like their content, like the reason why Gartner is so successful is the content that they produce. So within conferences, especially in virtual, you need the content to lead. Otherwise, why are we really having a virtual conference or why, what are we doing mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of in the day-to-day, -day, again, within that a whole ecosystem is at the conferences, I look after who sponsors them. So it's all the companies reports about, or maybe they don't have, they're not in the report at the time being, but they want to be there in the industry when people are looking for products and different things to help their own businesses. Got it. Got it. Love it. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that makes, that makes complete sense. So um I, I i imagine it's um i imagine it's been um exciting and and frustrating and challenging and all those sorts of uh all those sorts of adjectives uh there with this uh semi post-pandemic world that we're living in but um mm -hmm. what are uh so so in a nutshell like what are um what conferences do you have coming up do you have any that you're excited mm -hmm. about any big trips planned uh what's what's the What's the immediate horizon so, look like? Because we are an international company, it was made the decision to cancel all of the in-person conferences for the end of this year, mm. just based on where the world is and where we were planning on having those locations in person. Right. Um, but we do plan go coming back full force next year for in-person, depending on obviously the state of each region as mm. we come to it. Um, so with the transition back to virtual, we were working on very short timeframes for back in person because we weren't sure if we were going to call them or not. Like it's been very wishy-washy in general because of the state of where we're at. Um, yeah. So it's almost in a way like a relief of we know how to do virtual. We had the beginning of the year to really iron out a lot of the processes and now we're ready to show up as our best and uh -huh. give our all to the virtual conferences um, right. and make sure that like we have everything running smoothly. Yeah. And I love it because you know you're developing a new skill set too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. to be able to once you're back in person, to be able to kind of uh, make it even better, right? Through the through the yeah. digital space as well, and, and supplementing. And um, so I love it. I really appreciate your time today, Nicolette. Um, thank you so much for sharing with us. And um, 
you know, just can't thank you enough for taking the time. So glad to see you. And, um, and uh, yeah, don't be a stranger. Can't wait to see you at our, our next in-person auction dinner. Yes. Um, I do have a few things just to say okay. uh, but like about how great the foundation, the department is and how Cal Poly's learn by doing like that's yeah. life. You have to learn by doing. Yeah. And um, honestly, getting the most involved you can on the campus. Like I even look back today being like, I did get involved. Yeah, I was part of organizations. I networked. I did all these things. I went to different events like on campus, off campus. Um, but there is so much at your fingertips. Yeah, Like just get aware of what even are options. Um, yeah. And definitely just know that a social group if you are comfortable where, who have you met, where you're at, it doesn't mean that a new person like can't be someone that you're going to connect with and become right. someone in your inner circle too. I okay. think like a lot of the times in college, you can get very comfortable, um, but there's so much more there for you. Yeah, for um, sure. So yeah, don't forget to work on your self-development, networking, and make sure you're working towards growth. I love it. Such great advice. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Great to see you. Bye. Bye.